police in the morning. A futuristic solar home in the desert was supposed to be their refuge from urban crime. To their horror, the family discovers they're caught in a mind-boggling time warp caused by mysterious aliens. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here, we B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So we're back after a long time, and time being the theme, the day time ended, 1979 is the film we're talking about tonight. You heard what the Amazon description had to say about it. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. You know, I, th- I think there's a lot of good to talk about this, and I, w- I want to get into that. How about we start with the top? Sounds good to me. All right, for me, number three. Discount to Earl Bronson. Main character, the father, the patriarch of the family. He doesn't have a mustache like Charles Bronson, but he's the only character who acts, acts reasonable through the whole film. Aliens come down. What's he do? He's like, I'm a fucking shoot you, man. Family, get into the bedroom. We're not taking any chances. And I love the fact anyone to figure out what's going on. I love the fact that he's got a gun in his nice stand. He's ready to go. Total badass. Number two, the soundtrack. Most of the time, going into you know movies of the seventies, eighties, I'm I'm not too keen on the soundtrack, but everything just fits perfectly for it. It sets the mood, and it doesn't let up whenever the timing is right. And number one, some of the special effects, particularly the ships and the creatures. The ships, they're just fucking laughable. It, they, they, they hover, they look like cheap photoshopping, even for the 1970s. The creatures, however, on the opposite side look amazing. I, just, I, I love the details in them, and even how they make them fight. Yeah, for me, number three, I actually, I'd pick the special effects, because they're just amazing. They're completely outdated nowadays, completely unnecessary in most cases, like the um, the drone ship that just kind of flies through um, the house and shoots lasers that, like, some of the most inefficient lasers, like, it took forever for them to, like, bu- like get through a wooden door. I mean, Jack Nicholson could have, like, lasers. beaten the... What's that? They were mini lasers. Yeah, it's true. I mean, at that point, like, um, just, just get a knife or something. Hell, get Jack Nicholson with an axe. He's more effective than that. But, like, it, it was so charming and fun. I, I absolutely loved it. I don't know why they didn't just, like, kick the ship out of the air. <laughs> just swat it down and be fine. So, number two, surprisingly, despite all the weird alien shit going on, uh, no one really made that many dumb decisions in order to push the story along, which was surprising, because in a lot of these movies, you get people acting completely irrationally just to, like, get from one step to another, but everyone seemed to be pretty together. They're like, hey, let's get out of here. Oh, shoot, something went wrong. I mean, they had, um... They had um, Grant Morris, um, the the uh, granddad, like in charge and everything, so he was able to keep everybody together. But for the most part, the only really stupid move that happened was the son trying to go downstairs to get a doll for the little girl, even though there were aliens around. They're like, "Oh, we haven't heard anything from them for like three minutes. It must be fine to go downstairs." Like, okay, I mean. His character was just kind of there, so I guess he had to prove himself useful. 
So, like, I guess I kind of see where he's coming from. He's got, like, this badass of a dad. He's got to try to, like, prove himself. But, you know. Other than that, like, for the most part, people acted pretty rationally. Oh, the granddaughter kept wandering off. The mom and the grandma, they kept getting hysterical and shit. Yeah, but they kept it together for the most part, and they were like, yeah, let's get out of the house. And, I mean, the little girl's a little girl, and the mom, most of the time when she ran off, it was in order to, like, get Jenny, her daughter. So, overall, like, I, considering the type of movie, nothing that any irrational move didn't really seem like it was just to push the story along, except for the teddy, the, like, doll part. That was, that was really stupid. And number one, Jim Davis, who played Grant Morris, the um, old guy in the film, he did an absolute amazing job as the badass old man who, like, you know, keeps everybody together, you know, shoots first, asks questions later. Like, he was like, uh, like I said, he's kind of like Charles Bronson. He reminds me of um, Warren Green from um, Battlestar Galactica. It's just like, old, badass old guys are always really cool. And um, this is like, one of his last performances, and um, I'd say he definitely nailed the role. So on to the bottom, then. For me, in the number three spot, this is a pretty standard Siege-type plot line and Siege dialogue. You know, I'm a huge fan, when it comes to Doctor Who, of Patrick Troughton, the second Doctor. The hobo with a spaceship? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cosmic hobo. And his pretty much entire run is nothing but Siege storylines. So it's a plot line I've seen time and time again. You know, they do it fine here. There's nothing wrong with it. But to me, I've just seen too many siege lock stories. Number two. <laughs> the crash when the dad is trying to get back to the family after leaving whatever city he's from, where he obviously stopped the car like 12 feet from the boulder, but they have like this tiny explosion and all this dust and stuff flying. And he gets out of the car, and the car is completely fine. It's not even touching the boulder. And he's like, oh, I crashed the car. I better walk 37 miles through the desert. And I'm like, dude, that thing is perfectly fine. What is your problem? Like, they couldn't have, like, pushed the car up against the boulder. Like, I understand not driving the car because it was probably the only vehicle on the production site. But, come on, make it more of a convincing crash. Move the camera over another foot. You can't see the gap between the car and the fucking boulder. That was a magical moment. Number one, special effects. The other side of the spectrum. <laughs> the the earthquake where you know the, it looks like the typical earthquake effect where you just rock the camera back and forth, and that's okay. But it was how the actors were making it look like an earthquake that just it was just terrible. And not in a good way. And then the the, the time fuck, fuck you, fluctuations and the, the lights in the sky. Like, who's, who's, who's spinning the disco globe here? Like, I just... With how fun the ships and the creatures were, it just it completely opposite. The earthquakes and the lights in the sky were just horrible and unentertaining. Yeah, that was definitely um this this movie really had the range of special effects for the seventies from really amazing to really shitty. I mean, I guess none of it was really amazing, but it was at least fun and then some of it's just you just kinda shake your head at. So number three, 
no one in this movie seemed particularly worried about anything going on. They're just like, oh, aliens are coming. Guess we better, you know, react. And it's like, yeah, everyone was a little too calm for the situation. They were very accepting of their, um, of what was going on. Like, um, yeah. Number two. Yeah, it's like. What did we have for dinner on Tuesday? Should we leave? Yeah, I guess that's a good idea. Okay, well, I guess we can't leave. Huh, what is going on? You know what? I think this is a space-time warp. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> How do you know? Well, I read it in the script. <laughs> Number two, you'd think an advanced race of aliens would be able to communicate with humans a little more comprehensively, or at least do a little bit better than, you know, sending a drone and shooting their little lizards or like having aliens just kind of sneak around the house like running around it really kind of sends the wrong message especially if you're like you know good and wanting to like start this utopian city like i really think um the aliens need to work on their communication skills a little bit because i don't think that translates well in any language it's not their fault you don't get interpretive dance paul that little green alien, he was just, he was just interpreted dancing it up. And he was telling them everything about the cosmos and the secrets of the galaxy. Maybe like um maybe the old guy like understood this the one part which was space time warp. Which even that doesn't make much sense because when you like get down to it, it's kinda goes into number one. Like the movie just kinda ends. Like so at one point Jenny and her mom like disappear because space time warp or something and like they just reappear and they're like oh actually everything's cool like the aliens are building this nice little utopic city and we should just go along with it it's like what like it's just very random like i don't even know what the whole space time warp was really about like it, it could have just been oh it's an alien invasion that they needed to have that because of the title i think like i feel like they had the title of the day time ended and then just worked. Ba- then this wrote a m- what a completely different movie is having aliens, and they're like, "Well, we have to at least mention time at some point." And yeah, it just it just ends with them walking to the city. I'm like, "Oh, okay, glad you've just accepted this, like you know, your new alien overlords, and you know, you're just gonna go into the city, you know, no questions, no like, you know, why did they do all this stuff? Was there any point to any of it? No, it was, yeah, it was, it, and it just abruptly ends. It was very." Anticlimactic to say the least. He doesn't have comfortable left and he ain't four or five. He's going to take over. Amen. I, for one, accept our alien overlords. <laughs> well, we both talked a little bit about the dialogue, so let's have ourselves a good old fashioned quote war. Quote war. Quote this movie back and forth because that's a quote I'll get us started with. The message I must get through to anyone who can hear me. We just saw a UFO. Damn hoodlums. You want to play? Nice to have a man around the house. We've seen some strange things tonight. He doesn't make sense at all. You know what this is, right? It's a space-time warp. That ends this episode edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite book, movie or anything else you have to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give our final take on the movie. Remember, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots did you need to get through this film? I gave it a three out of ten. I also gave it a three out of ten. 
So the daytime magic is an average classic sci-fi thieves movie. Family stranded far from others as aliens and creatures try to get into their domicile. The creatures and spacecraft are pretty awesome, and what makes this movie worth watching? The only character I cared about was the unshakable Viscount Charles Bronson. He kept the family together as best as anyone could, and never truly got frazzled by the space-time continuum falling to shambles around him. All in all, time may have ended, but it sure wasn't wasted. The Daytime Ended is a lesser-known, low-budget sci-fi film from the 1970s that utilizes CGI in the best way possible. It's a simple alien invasion movie that focuses around a family trying to survive and figure out what the hell's going on. It's a pretty standard film of the genre. There isn't much of a plot, the pacing is kind of slow at times, and everything wraps up in a confusing and less than satisfying manner. However, despite its rather predictable flaws, the daytime ended ended up the daytime ended ended up being a really enjoyable film due to its special effects, likable characters, and overall just charm of the experience of watching it. It's by no means a work of art, but it's definitely enjoyable. In the never-ending pool of low-budget sci-fi movies, this one is definitely a diamond in the rough. So, whether you want to forget about it or want to have more fun with it or whatever, we've always got ways to drink away the slick, drink away the slick, and come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the slick. Bum, 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 bum. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time something grows, glows green, take a drink. Number two, every time Jenny says, thank you, Take a drink. Number three, whenever fog appears, take a drink. And number four, anytime there are lights in the sky, take a drink. Every time the drone flies through the house, take a drink. Every time someone says space or time, take a drink. Every time a weapon is fired, take a drink. And every time the sun tries to be useful, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else Beamer related, you can leave us a comment on your iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. Still got it. So, after all this time, anyone who's returning, thank you. For listening, any who has coming for the first time, thanks for listening, and tune in next time to find out what we have in store. Until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next